about um, principles of stewardship. Can somebody tell me one principle of stewardship? There's four of them that I taught on last week. And we'll just, yes, go ahead. Okay, steward, every Christian is a steward. How about that? <laughs> you had it backwards. Every Christian is a steward. Not every steward is a Christian. Okay, uh, anybody else? Anybody else? Good job. Uh, it is required of stewards that they be found faithful. We find that in 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 2. I am so excited. My girls are learning stuff. Amen. I don't think so. I think this is from memory. Uh, what's the number one principle in stewardship? Say it. I heard you say it come out of your mouth. Yeah. No, 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 no. Everything belongs to God. That's the number one principle. And the number three or number uh, two principle is stewardship is the management of another person's affairs. And so this is important to understand. Stewardship, uh, everything belongs to God. Stewardship is the management of the affairs of another. Number three, every Christian is a steward. Number four, it is required of stewards that they are faithful. So we look at the uh, verse in James chapter 1, verse 17, tells us that every good gift and every perfect gift coming from above, with whom there is no... Uh, let me, before I crucify that verse, let me just go there real quick. James chapter 1, verse 17. James 1.17. We find here, the Bible says, Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variableness, nor neither shadow of turning. So the importance that we're trying to get at here is that good gifts come from God. And that means every gift God gives is good. <laughs> there is no bad gifts that come from God. And so when we understand the idea that this is God's, not mine, we're going to have a different spirit. And we talked a little bit about our stewardship of our time, the importance of our time. Uh, we took the uh, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 16, which tells us, redeeming the time for the days are evil. Let us, trusting his word, let us watch and pray. And the idea that as Christians, that we must understand, number two, that our life is like a vapor, James 4, 14. And since it's like a vapor compared to eternity, you find yourself in a predicament if you're allowing yourself to waste or squander your time. And this week I've given, I've given up Facebook, so if you try to contact me, you're always going to get Sister Cassie from here on out. But I found that Facebook has been a time waster for me. You can get there and you sit down and you, you start scrolling and you, before you know it's 30 minutes has gone by. And you have to be very careful with that. It says here in Romans chapter 13, let's go ahead and turn there, Romans 13, 11 and 12. The Bible tells us, and that knowing the time, that now it is high time to wake out of sleep. Brooklyn's favorite verse. It's going to be her life verse. For now is our salvation nearer than when we believed. The night is far spent, the day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of of light. The idea here is that it is tomorrow uh, is coming. Today is is here. Right? Yesterday's already gone. What are you doing with what you got today? 
And so it's important to understand, hey, we need to be busy about the Lord's work, whatever that work may be. You know, as a pastor, my responsibility, as a father, I have a responsibility. Uh, this last week, me and the men, we've been trying to spend more time in prayer together. And one of the things we addressed was our different responsibilities. I see, uh, Chloe and Brooklyn are sitting here, and Addie, and I, I asked them, what is your responsibility? It's easy as a, as a young person or as a child to neglect the very essence that God has given you responsibilities to. It might not be, you know, leading a church. It might not be going to work, but there's still responsibilities that God has given you. Obedience to your, your mother and your father. When you, get to, when you get to a point where you know that God has given you something to do, and that is obedience, mom says, hey, this needs to be done. And we spend more time goofing around. Guess what? Are you really being about the Lord's business? No. You're squandering it. You're wasting it. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 4 tells us uh, specifically uh, that one of the biggest stumbling blocks for Christians in the management of God's time is the affairs of this life. The Bible says, be not entangled with the affairs of this life. Now, what does that mean? The affairs of this life. The Bible says, no man that warreth, let's turn there so I don't crucify that verse this morning too. 2 Timothy chapter 2 verse 4. No man that warreth entangle himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who hath chosen him to be a, a soldier. Now again, uh, tonight we're going to go a little bit over the different aspects that the Christian life is like. And uh, those, that's a, always a fun uh, teaching lesson. Uh, and, and here, uh, Paul uses the idea of a soldier, uh, that you are in a battle, that you're in a battlefield. And, but can you imagine if uh, you're in the middle of a battle and you out in, I don't know, Afghanistan, let's just say the phone call rings and it's your, it's your bill, bill collector. He's going, hey, uh, I need this amount of money. Is a soldier really concentrating on what he's supposed to be doing? No, he's thinking about that bill. And he's going to get shot if he's not careful. It's interesting, during World War II, they, or either, I think it was World War I, they found that soldiers who would look up above, so they would all, they called them foxholes, where they would dig uh, trenches for them to fight in. The soldier that would just peep just peek up a little bit over top would get killed faster than those that looked and came back down real quick. Why? Because the soldiers could be able to be shot right here. Or if a soldier came up real quick and looked and came back down, uh, they might shoot him here. Or they, they might shoot him somewhere else where it's not vital. Uh, I guess that's closer to your heart, isn't it? So I don't know if that's always, always the case, but they found that that was the case. And so here we find this idea that the soldier here, he doesn't entangle himself with the affairs of this life. He's not completely given over to something uh, that the Lord doesn't want him to do. He's looking for God's will and his, his alone. You look at soldiers nowadays, and they're completely engrossed in what they are doing. They're in a, they're in a battle, and they know that it's, it's a fight for their life. My brother preached the message in Galatians chapter 5. He says it's a fight for your life. You're not going to get, if you get all entangled with everything else and you spend your time on everything else, Facebook, you spend your time on reading, it might be a good book, but reading books or spending time watching television, it's huge time wasters. 
And you're going to regret it. You get to the end of your day and you're going to say, what did I do with my time? What was it valuable to me? You know, you ever spent money where you wish you hadn't? I can remember times I've bought something that, man, I get to the end of the time. I'm like, man, I should have wasted that money. I read somewhere. Again, it's been a while. But basically, someone said, I think it was when Titus, I think it was Titus 2. But they said that time is money and money is time. Basically, money is just a representation of your time. And so he would get after his kids when they would destroy something. Because he said, you just took an hour of my life. You just took 30 minutes of my life because you were wasting it. And I think it's an important aspect to look at. What is your time worth? The Bible says here in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25, we're to give to God the time he gives us, and that is including faithful church attendance. Let's go ahead and turn there. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25. I believe it's not forsaking the assembling ourselves as the manner of some is. Some is, but I could be wrong about that. Am I correct? All right. The Bible says in uh, Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25, it says, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another so much the more as you see the day approaching. I was talking to a pastor the other day, and he was, he was lamenting the fact that we as Christians don't take this seriously. Um, he said, if we were truly serious and we were truly taking the Bible correctly, what would we be doing? Eating every day. And I, I, I agreed with him. I, I, I don't see how practical it's going to be in our day and age when we all live further about. But you know what? I enjoyed the, I had prayed with the men Monday and Wednesday. And I enjoyed that special time with them because I literally felt closer to them at the end of the time. And, you know, it was an encouragement to me. It made some of the decisions that I was making in my life at that moment, the Facebook one, and, and realize, hey, I have someone who's in it with me. And I think it's important that your time should be spent with those that love you and care about you and want the best for you. If you're spending all your time uh, with someone who doesn't care about the things of God, what are you going to find yourself always doing? Thinking fleshly. You need the encouragement, the time. Especially with kids, one of the great things that we find is that Kids who spend a lot of time away from mom and dad are going to spend a lot of time thinking about somebody else besides mom and dad. If you want your kids to have your heart, they should spend time with you. And especially my children, I, I'm sure they probably think that we're just nothing but homebodies because uh, we never go anywhere. We're always, if it's either church or it's home, one of the two. But the great thing is, is that we have an opportunity to share with them our lives. Uh, when I was growing up, I literally didn't see my dad and mom until 7 o'clock at night, sometimes midnight. I worked, We uh, went to school all the way out in Chesterton, Indiana, and I would drive my car all the way there. We would leave the house at 7 in the morning. We'd get to school by 8.30. We would start uh, school. We'd go through school till 3.30. I had sports after that at 5 o'clock. And then sometimes we would have a teen activity on, that, that, on Tuesday nights, and I wouldn't get home till. 11, 12 o'clock at night. How do you expect to give your kid your heart if you don't spend any time with them? I'm thankful that God has given me that opportunity. But the importance is, is that we're saying here is that we are to be faithful to church attendance. Your time given to God should include that time of church attendance. And then number six, how much time do you really give to God? 
we went through this math last week. Let's just say you spend one hour in Sunday, morning, Sunday school. You spend another hour in morning preaching. You spend another hour in, in training. Uh, so kind of like a, a discipleship like we're doing today. You spend another hour in evening preaching. You spend another hour and a half in midweek prayer service. And then you spend two hours of visitation. How much time is that for God? Well, that's eight hours. You got how many hours a week? We figured this out last week, didn't we? What's uh, 24 times 7? It's 168, I believe. 24, yeah, 168 hours a week. So out of 168 hours, you spent eight hours for God. Now, if you have your devotions, let's just say devotions runs an hour every day. So that's seven hours. So you spent 15 hours for God. What's the 10% of, of 168, my math major? 16.8. So that's 17 hours that we should really, if we're going to be good stewards, uh, we're going to honestly say, you know, I, I don't know how many hours you sleep if you're Brooklyn. You're even sleeping now. That's great, you know. Uh, uh, but, uh, you know, the idea there that you sleep, what? Uh, healthy sleep is seven to eight hours a night. And tonight I got four and a half. <laughs> but the idea there that you're spending that time sleeping. And then what else you got to have left? You have, what, 14 hours a day? You know, maybe it's 15 hours a day. How much of that time is for God? We should be careful with that. Eight hours a week is less than 5% of the total time God gives us. It's about 7% of our total hours awake. And if we have a 40-hour-a-week job, it's about 10% of our available time. I really do believe God has given us so much more. I've been trying to get into some of these books on prayer, and I'm, I'm fascinated by it. Um, Sister Paula, Cassie already knows. Here's one by R.A. Torrey. Um, he was a contemporary of D.L. Moody. Yeah. Um, the Necessity of Prayer by Ian Bounds. Actually, we found some really interesting things about Ian Bounds. He actually grew up in Cassie's, uh, right around Cassie's hometown in, in Missouri. And then the other one, How to Succeed in the Christian Life. I'm actually giving this to the men this week. But I think the truth is, is I think we should always be reading, always being concentrating us on the things of God. The more that we are putting ourselves in the, the thought pattern of the world, and Facebook, really, that's what it is. The internet, that's what it is. Uh, the news cycle, that's what it is, right? Not that you shouldn't be up on your news, but you should be giving the time to God as well. Because if you just concentrate on the news, on the news cycle, they're always giving something bad to you. Why not spend your time with something good or what God's given you? All right, number two, not only do we have the stewardship of our time, but number two... We should just have stewardship of our talents. Let's go ahead and turn to Matthew chapter 25. And Brooklyn, could you read that for me? Matthew 25, 14 through 30. What's that? 30. 14 through 30.
So that's a long passage, but I do think it's important to, to discern a couple things. Uh, first of all, what, what is it that the Lord gave to his servants? Yes. What are talents? It could be considered money. Um, talents are gifts. Okay. Uh, what would that talent be? It could be, you know, I, I'm sure it is talking specifically about money in this idea, but the talent could be anything. It's anything that's of value. Uh, anything that you have that's valuable. And so in our talents, when they're talking about our understanding about our talents, you know, we use talents in a different type of, of word, right? Uh, what do you, when you talk about talents, what are you talking about? Uh, Katie, did I answer? Why don't you answer, answer that for me, Chloe? What is a talent? Okay. So your talent could be something that is a natural God-given ability. You know, some people have a talent for mechanical abilities, uh, and some people don't. I was working with Pastor Ellis yesterday, and we worked on some things regarding his internet, trying to get it up and running so that the whole church had internet um, anywhere you go, because they have homeschooling, so they have to run um, multiple computers on the internet and uh, or the network. And so I spent that time with him figuring that out. Now, Brother Ellis not as did not have the same understanding. I've had multiple opportunities to understand this concept. And so God has given me a talent to show him, and I can be a blessing to him. In the same sense, your talents are not just for yourself. What did the man with one talent do? He took it, and what? What did he do, Brooklyn? He hit it in the ground, right? Is that where it's supposed to go? It's kind of like he was selfish with it. He didn't give it to anything else. He didn't spread. Here's another point I want to make. I was talking to a young man um, that was at my workplace, and he said he was talking about the idea that God is against usury. Um, no, he's not, actually. If you can see this illustration that God gave, there's an important part here. There is an investment. There is an importance of investment. So every servant took a talent, but not every not every servant took that talent and used it for God's work or for his master's work. Now, I want you to know something else, that not every servant gets the same number of talents. Brooklyn over here, she's really good drawing, right? She draws eyes and noses and mouths. She drives her sister nuts, too. Yes, disembodied hands. She's like, what is that? Why are you doing that? No, the great thing is, is she might have a talent for for uh, drawing and, and artist, artistry. And, and Chloe over here, she's not an artist, but maybe she likes to play the piano. So she's got a great talent there. And maybe people have multiple talents. I remember was in high school, I had this friend who could, he could play his instrument well. He could play basketball and soccer. He was super smart. He was getting, he was a 4.0 student, a great, great average. I mean, he just was just, he had it all. Sad thing is, is he never really used those talents for God, and he's still not using those talents for God. Christian, listen, as you, you uh, contemplate the importance of the talents that God has given you, what are you dispensa uh, dispensing of the responsibility that God has given to you? You say, Pastor, I don't have a gift. How do you know? Have you asked the Lord? Have you tried? God gives everyone talents. Everybody has some type of ability. Some people can 
can encourage. Barnabas, we talked about that on Thursday night. Barnabas was one of those that encouraged. You say, well, Pastor, my, my ability, my talent is discouraging people. <laughs> That's not a talent. Really, it should be something that you can what? Bless others with. It's not about you. It's about others. And so we find here this talent that these servants had. It says, each man according to his several ability. Not everybody has the ability to be mechanically inclined. Not everybody can play the piano very nice. Not everybody can sing. Not everybody can uh, be organized like my wife. Uh, I'm one of those people that I can, cannot be organized. That's why God gave me my wife. Uh, but the idea there that everybody has an ability that God has given you. And in, in so doing, God has blessed you with that. And you are to be a blessing to others through Christ. Bible says in verse 19, the Lord came back. What did he do? He reckoned with them. There is coming a day where you'll stand before God's throne and you'll have to give an account of everything that you've done with the talents he's given you. You might say, what is my talent? Well, maybe one of your talents is, is that God has given you salvation and you can be a witness. Everybody has that talent. Maybe one of your talents is that you're a really good uh, cleaner. Or maybe you know how to do landscaping. I don't know what your talent is. You'd have to ask God that. What are you doing with it? You stand before God and God says, what did you do with your time? What did you do with your talents? Number six. For those that were good stewards, God says, well done, thou good and faithful servant. God will say the same thing to the Christian who is faithful to what God had given them. So here we go. Here's true or false. You ready, Adeline? All right. Everybody got a piece of paper? Get a piece of paper quickly. Mom's even yawning back there. Woo! It must, we got to do some jumping jacks this morning or something. Get the blood pumping. Now here's true or false. Let's see how well you can grade it. Don't, you got your paper, Brooklyn? Get a paper. This is for everyone. Are you ready, Cassie? No more yawning, okay? This is the great thing about teaching. You don't yawn during your... Well, I guess you can. You can't fall asleep while you're teaching. If you do, it'd be kind of funny. You need a pen. There's, there's a pencil right in front of you. All right, first one. Letter A. True or false? I have been given at least one talent. Number two, you just have to write true or false. Now, you don't have to write an explanation next to that, Brooklyn. Brooklyn. Number two, letter B, I am to use my talents for Christ. True or false? Well, this is so easy. I mean, everybody should ace this. Number three, true or false, I will not have to give an account to the Lord for my talents. True or false? Number four, true or false, if I don't use it, I'll lose it. Number five, true or false, my major concern should be to see how my many talents I have been given. True or false. My major concern should be to see how many talents I have been given. All right, switch pages. Let's see if you guys paid attention. Brooklyn's drawn the entire time, so 
Brooklyn, give your page to Adeline. Adeline, give your page to Brooklyn. Katie, give your page to Chloe. Chloe, give your page. <laughs> she already got it wrong? All right. Did you get any of the answers? There's only two words you had to write down, true or false. You can put a T. Which one are you missing? Oh, okay. Well, well, I know. All right, so what do, what do we get? Who what? She got them all wrong. What did you get, Brooklyn? All right, it should be true, true, false, true, false. Did you get 100? Did you get 100? You missed one. What'd you miss? If I don't lose it, I'll, if I don't use it, I'll lose it. True. What happened to the, the servant when he, when he uh, got there? What, did he, when he dug it up in the yard, what, what happened? And the Lord says, where is, where is your talent? He says, I dug it up, I put, put it in the yard. And he says, take that one and give it to the others. Get it? How'd Katie do? Didn't follow instructions. Woo! Mom, you got to do some teaching there. All right. Many Christians throw up their hands and say, I can't do anything for the Lord in my church. All right, let's turn. Oh, man, who doesn't know this verse? Philippians 4.13. That's right. I can do all things through Christ, which what? Strengtheneth. Yeah, I can't even speak. Strengtheneth me. How many times do we think uh, that we can't do it? Guess what? You're right. You can't. You need Christ to strengthen you to get it done. And it's important because, again, if you don't try to... I'm going to split you two up if you can't pay attention. Right, don't be gone. Just pay attention. All right. Number, number nine. Let's turn our Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 12 through 27, since... Chloe is just drawing over there. Twelve. Verse twelve through twenty-seven. First Corinthians twelve, twelve through twenty-seven. Go ahead and read it for us. It's great. Through twenty-seven. You know what? Hold on. I'll make, make, make you read the whole chapter if you're going to be dissatisfied. Katie, do you want to read some of it? You can't find it. All right. Help your mama help her out. Adeline, can you read some of it? Uh, I'll give you a couple verses. All right. Go ahead, Brooke, Chloe. Go ahead.
Okay, keep reading. Read all the way down to 24. Twenty-five, uh, Adeline. Yep. All right, Katie. Okay, all right, stop right there. All right. Can you met? Turn around, face the front. Can you imagine if all you had was an eye? One big eye. You couldn't smell, you couldn't taste, you couldn't hear. Now, what if you're one big nose? Don't pick it. Yeah, one big nose, right? One big hand, right? Just kind of sitting out there. Everybody wants to be the hand because the hand touches everything. Or everybody wants to be the eye because the eye, the eye sees everything. It's an important part, right? But nobody wants to be the armpit, right? <laughs> nobody wants to be the elbow, right? Well, what am I going to use the elbow for except knocking it on something, right? God has given each of these parts of our body an important place. If you don't have your eye or if you don't have your nose, if you don't have your ear, it's not going to work correctly. Have you seen people that basically have one of those senses gone? They, they basically have to do things completely different than everybody else. In the Christian life, it's no different. Your relationship with Christ in the body, you might say, needs to have people that can do multiple things. Not everybody's called to be a Sunday school teacher. I was talking to Brother Sam this uh, while ago. Brother Sam struggles with, um, he's let everyone know this, but he struggles with talking in front of people. Public speaking. He is the nicest guy you'll ever meet. And he can carry on a conversation with himself if he wanted to. But when he gets in front of someone, he freezes up. His, I would say his talent is not public speaking. Now, I, on the other hand, since I was knee-high to a grasshopper, I was in church. And, you know, I, I spent a lot of time in front of people. I was 15, 16 years old. We were, I was leading a um, nursing home. I was leading a disabilities group. I was doing things since I was a young boy, about Chloe's age. I didn't have a fear for talking in front of people. Um, now, singing's a different story, but it's not a problem. God's given me that talent. Not everybody has that talent. Not everybody has the talent in mechanical, as I said. Everybody says, well, you know, everybody wants to be the preacher. Uh, no, you don't. <laughs> no, you don't. <laughs> I, think, I think I'd rather go back to scrubbing toilets, to be honest with you sometimes. But the truth is, God gives us 
a great understanding of what uh, our relationship with him should be. And that is, we cannot do all the same thing. God has put you into this church for a definite function. What is your function? Right? Every member of our church is necessary. Verse 22 talks about the more comely parts. I think it's Sister Sarah back there. She can barely make it to church um, because of her health. Many times she gets up those stairs and she's, you know, trying to find something to help her so that she can be able to get up and down the stairs over here and get up the stairs up here. It's a hard thing for her. But you know what? She is a part of the body. She's an encouragement to me. I'm sure she's an encouragement to others. God has made it so that every part of the body, if one of, the, one of them's mission, missing, or one of them's acting up, or one of them's sick, you're going to feel it. Or you should. You should have a concern for those. All right. Um, I'm completely out of time. Let's go ahead and close.